Welcome back to the Balancing Act. Dan Strafford here. Of course, our podcast with Dr. Andrew Tempty, author of The Balancing Act, you can find on Amazon or in your local bookstores. Uh, Andy, we've talked trust, we've talked accountability today, we're bringing them together. How important is it for you from your book, from these podcasts to offer these episodes, these sort of yin or yang or, or A or B discussion points to really drive home the things you've been discussing thus far? Yeah, I, look, we're, we're a society that's way out of whack. Uh, we're, we're wildly imbalanced, um, especially from a, 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 on, a, on a political level, that's almost a given. But uh, many of our balancing acts are, 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 out, of, are out of whack. And that, that's one of the things that uh, I want you know, you and I and our guests to uh, to help uh, pe people understand that there are two sides uh, to almost every story. There are uh, two or three or four drivers to uh, every problem that you're trying to solve uh, in in the in the world of work, and uh, trust and accountability uh, are very very interesting to think about because you might imagine that they are different and uh, and opposite of one another but if you go back and you listen to the to the previous uh, the, the the last two episodes the elixir the solution to building trust and enhancing accountability uh, relies on many of the same concepts uh, and uh, and and the same and the same and the same tenets so they are, uh, in my opinion, uh, inextricably linked uh, because you know we talked about we talked about emotions and trust and how this concept of betrayal uh, can can start to get involved. And boy, once we feel the emotion of betrayal, uh, then then things really start to uh, start to go off the rails. So when we talked about trust. We talked a lot more about repeatability and reliability and, you know, doing, you know, alignment of goals, alignment of, of incentives. So trust in the workplace does not have to be uh, a, a real emotional thing to think about. But far too often, if Billy doesn't provide Susie the results that Susie is expecting, and Billy and Susie haven't talked about how to align expectations, and Billy keeps quote unquote screwing up in Susie's mind, then Susie's the the mistrust is going to start to to erode right. into betrayal and emotions that are a lot harder uh, a lot harder to unwind. Makes so much sense and and trying to find the right balance to use the phrase or the right way to approach these things has been obviously the goal of the book and the goal of the podcast and, and the goal of your new venture. We talked last time out about the, the waste that's generated at the water cooler, um, the idea of uh, the ninth waste, uh, as it were. Can you talk about the the eight waste? Talk, walk us through uh, the eight waste that really define what we're going to talk about on this episode? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, we're not quite at the point in the podcast where we're getting really deep into, uh, into the tenets of continuous improvement that will, that will, that will come. Uh, what I'd like to do today is introduce our listeners to 
one of the main tenets of continuous improvement, uh, and as a reminder for me, continuous improvement is a very simple construct. It is the identification and minimization of waste. It is respect for your people and a maniacal focus on your customer. Continuous improvement isn't any harder than that, and, uh, and, but folks want to try to make it really, really, really difficult. So in the construct of lean and continuous improvement, when we talk about the first main pillar of identifying and minimizing waste, well, what are those wastes? Uh, continuous improvement experts lay out eight primary wastes, uh, and uh, the word downtime uh, is uh, an acronym. It's a pretty long acronym, uh, but start with, uh, with first waste, which is defects. Certainly defects will uh, generate waste in your business. If second, if I overproduce something, that's going to uh, generate, generate waste. Uh, waiting, uh, I'm on the third letter of downtime. <laughs> you know, waiting is, uh, is a huge waste in business. If, uh, if we want to, let's say, get this podcast out as, uh, as in, in a timely manner, but you're waiting for me to provide you some output that gets this episode out the door, that, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a potential uh, waste uh, that, that, that we need to deal with. Uh, the next one is the neglect of human talent, uh, not optimizing our, 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 ta our talent or unused talent in the business. That's a waste. Number five, the waste of transportation. If I have to uh, take a piece of paper from my desk here, uh, 20 feet uh, over there, then I've got to walk over there 20 feet. But if I can reduce that to simply spinning my chair and putting that piece of paper over there, I've reduced transportation waste considerably. Uh, and you can think of all sorts of applications of transportation waste. The next one is inventory. If I keep too much inventory on hand, the cost of storage, etc., that's, that's a waste. Uh, the waste of motion is very much aligned with that of transportation. But if, if I'm doing something and I have uh, five different uh, motions that I, that I take and I can reduce that to four, I can reduce the waste in, in a system. And then finally, over-processing or extra-processing. Uh, and my, my best example of that is, okay, this podcast has to get out the door, uh, but uh, but Susie, Billy, Stevie, all from three different departments have to listen to it before it gets out the door. Uh, and, and really only one of those teams had to listen to it before it got out the door. That's, that's over-processing, that's processing that didn't, didn't need to happen. Um, so so that's, uh, those, are the, those are the eight wastes. And most of those wastes, all of them, frankly, are technical. Uh, in, in, in orientation. Uh, they're, they're very specific to a manufacturing or even a service, right. uh, a service environment. Right. And is very specific to a, a, a specific type of business or, or production, it would seem. So in the, the general business vernacular of continuous improvement, those are the eight ways. That's what exists. Downtime is your acronym. 
long as it may be, um, but it, it helps you understand it. Are we suggesting, are you suggesting that that definition should be expanded, should add something different to it? Yeah, I think that all continuous improvement experts and uh, individuals who are applying continuous improvement uh, should add a ninth waste. And I don't know the acronym yet, <laughs> uh, but that ninth waste is that of emotional waste. Uh, we create far too much emotional waste in, in business. And our last episode was trust. The episode before that was account accountability. And we spend far too much time imagining that Billy needs to be held accountable for some wrong that we perceive, uh, or we have difficulties uh, building and developing uh, trust uh, within the organization. We, we lend far too much currency and credibility uh, to conspiracy theories and rumors that are circulating. Uh, in, in, in the business. We spend far too much time worrying that, uh, gosh, Dan doesn't like me. Uh, what, what's the matter with Dan? Why, why was he so quiet in so in many things, Andy, meeting? so many things, but... so many things. Yeah. <laughs> so many things with Dan. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that I, I am, I'm putting a, I, I'm putting a line in the sand here for continuous improvement experts and business uh, individuals everywhere, uh, business leaders everywhere to be thinking about a ninth waste of emotional waste. 100%. And, and I, I see the thread from episode one of this podcast through your book and through what we've talked about, about the full person being at work, uh, how we connect with this work and the emotions we do put into it. And the, the waste therein, it matters just as much. Uh, what if we tie th this new ninth waste back to the previous episodes on trust and accountability? How can high trust, high accountability cultures help solve for this new ninth waste that you are adding to the mix? Yeah. So we're, you know, if you think about a four box uh, and one of the axes is trust or some might put empathy uh, on that axis and the other is accountability. Uh, where you don't wanna be is low trust, low accountability or low empathy, uh, low accountability. That's, that's the land that everybody wants to avoid. Uh, and the place that you wanna move toward is the upper right-hand corner of the box, which is a high empathy high, or, or alternatively high trust and high accountability uh, framework. But how do you get there? Well, we talked about the tenets of continuous improvement and that of organizational health, uh, where you are communicating, communicating, communicating. Uh, you are, uh, you're putting in place those guardrails, that management operating system where we know the North Star, uh, we, we, we know what the vision and the mission is. We built behaviors uh, that, uh, that we expect everyone to, uh, to abide by. We've got our goals. We've got what's most important right now. We've got our incentive structures uh, well, well positioned. 
uh, and we've got metrics and um, and measurement in place so that everybody's everything's transparent or as transparent as possible and most importantly everybody else knows what everybody else is up to so that Susie's not sitting over there interpreting uh, what Billy should be doing and vice versa and coming to the errant conclusion that Billy is somehow doing something wrong or doing something uh, that's against me uh, on purpose uh, and, uh, and, and creating that, that baggage and that waste, which after that emotional waste reaches a critical level, it is really, really hard uh, to unwind uh, that emotional waste. And we carry that around like baggage and it just weighs us down. It becomes an anchor around our, 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 our necks and becomes so hard to then work together. Uh, and, and instead of going, getting up and talking uh, to each other, we then send fiery emails right. and we ignore each other all sorts of unproductive uh, behaviors uh, come as a result. Makes a ton of sense. And is uh, uh, hopefully something listeners are starting to connect those dots across all these different topics and making it make more, more sense around the emotional side of, and not that, not, you know, he's so emotional. No, the emotions we have and the connectedness to our emotions that we bring to work. Um, I want to bring back a, a, a phrase, a word, a, the two words that you've used many times before, the idea of human skill, uh, what also has been referred to soft skills, uh, but human skills, you made a point of why you differentiate between those two things. Um, you said there's some of the most important business skills that will be part of the future of work. How will investing in human skill help reduce this ninth waste we're discussing? Yeah. So Dan, if, uh, you know, if I understand or have at least a framework to understand how you tick and how you work differently than I do, how you process information differently than, than I do, then I can start, I have a fighting chance of understanding the why behind why Dan does some of the things that Dan does that through my lens are quirky and uh, un potentially unnecessary, uh, but they are part of your emotional fabric. And if, if I just, I, I, I like to think about how we came to work uh, previously, mm -hmm. uh, uh, which is uh, let's all strap on uh, 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 a, a set of, of, of emotional uh, uh, iron, you know, I, uh, uh, help me out, Dan, what am I thinking? Uh, the Shackles? Suit of or... armor. Yeah, the, the suit of armor. Thank suit you. of armor. You did a great job reminding me. I'm here for you. <laughs> but, if, you know, we come strapped in an emotional suit of armor and, and we, 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 we fool everybody and ourselves uh, by 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 imagining that emotion doesn't have a have a place in business, but but it does. We we need to bring our whole selves in, into the world of work uh, because we get we we get better results. We're more innovative. We get more perspectives and more opinions and different ways of doing things. It, it's 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 a wonderful thing, but to do that 
we have to invest in uh, things like emotional intelligence and empathy, communication, collaboration, adaptability, active listening. Uh, those are six of the top human skills. Uh, some people call them power skills, but we really need to stop calling them soft skills because they're not soft at all. They're some of the hardest skills there are uh, to, uh, to, to pick up, to nurture and, and to nail down uh, and, and to grow over time. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of people have this fixed mindset that, well, you can't teach empathy. You can't teach emotional intelligence. And I say, no, you can absolutely grow those things uh, through learning, through education, and through experiences, positive reinforce, positively reinforced experiences of what good looks like when you bring your whole self uh, in, in, into, the, into the world of work. And those skills, developing those skills will help reduce emotional waste because Susie will be able to see more right. clearly why Billy does uh, what, what Billy does and be able to manage with empathy uh, and be able to work with Billy. Uh, uh, and, and it's a two-way street. Uh, Billy, Billy has to do the same thing uh, to take on board what, how Susie is operating uh, so that we can all work together more effectively. It's such a tightrope to a certain extent of, of how we present ourselves at work. We've talked about it before, the idea of our full self at work, but you don't want to overshare. You don't want to bring too much from home in and vice versa, right? We've talked about that as well. Uh, but it does really sound like there is such a world, and I've actually tried to convince my wife of this. Uh, she does social emotional learning for youngsters. Yeah. And so many corporate offices could use it too. Now it's a different frame of reference. It's a different tactic and way, but it's the idea of the empathy of it all, the, the ability to communicate and to, you know, she always says teaching kids not be jerks. I, I think that's largely what happens here too. What you're talking about is being able to be honest, be accountable, have trust and have these conversations before anything blows up, before anything becomes a problem and then goes into the disengagement we've talked about, goes into all of these different things. It's such a, an interesting topic that uh, is so needed in so many businesses uh, and, and corporate entities to understand how their employees work. Andy, any final thoughts here uh, around accountability, around trust, around how these things will help these conversations we're having moving forward? Yeah, I'd just like to repunch the point from our previous episode about this construct uh, or mindset of the optimistic skeptic. Uh, and what I, what I really mean by that is uh, don't walk into a relationship. We talked about Billy and Susie and Susie understanding a bit about how Billy ticks and, 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 and vice versa. If we walk into that interaction, uh, first imagining that, 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 that Billy wants really at his core, wants to work with, with Susie, wants to get it right, wants to be a contrib contributing member of the business and of society, and that he's not out to get. Uh, nobody's out to get you uh, 
unless you're you're talking about hackers right, and right, right. there is evil in this world yes, don't right. don't get me wrong that's why there's the skeptic part <laughs> that comes after the the optimist but let's walk let's do a better job of walking into our human interactions with first with optimism in mind that billy does want to work with me and then let's be healthy skeptics uh, along the way to hold one another accountable and, uh, and, and to look for those things that aren't quite going right and then be very constructive uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in, our, in our responses so that we take all of that emotional baggage because uh, we, we look, we're, we're all so tired. Uh, I, I heard a term that, uh, this morning uh, was reading New York Times, this concept of languishing. Many of us are sure. languishing uh, right now. So we're already tired. We're already languishing from two years of, uh, of, of, of a pandemic. Uh, and we, we, we don't need to carry around more emotional baggage than we have to. And, and in, in, a, in an office environment, Sometimes we're just making stuff up uh, and and uh, and and creating conspiracy where there where there is where there is none, and that investment in human skill can help us knock a lot of that down. Makes so much sense, and a great conversation as always. Uh, something to uh, hopefully come back to here on the podcast and in all the work you're doing over at andrewtempty.com. Uh, if anyone has not headed over there yet, that's where you can also find the Saturday morning muse uh, with uh, Andy expanding on some of these topics each and every week. Also uh, check out all of the past episodes of the podcast. I, I said it last time out, Spotify now has commenting and, and uh, uh, ratings. Feel free to do that over there. Share the Balancing Act podcast uh, with your friends and colleagues. And as always, more episodes to come right here on the Balancing Act podcast. 